Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome back, True Crime Archives. I think I'm doing pretty good not screaming, right? Yeah. In the beginning. <laughs> welcome back. So today we are talking about, I'm just going to like jump right into it. We're talking about something a little different, a little palate cleanser for you guys mm. from all of the murder. It still is involved with genetic genealogy, though. I think we're just... Yeah, that's one <laughs> that's of the reasons you like. That's one of the reasons you like this. But it was the police did investigate, but it Kinda, yeah. it didn't because somebody was dead. But it didn't turn out to be a criminal right. investigation. But we're still going to cover it, right? And most of you probably are going to know what we're talking about because it has been in the news recently. Yeah, this was literally just announced on the thirtieth. And we don't typically do stuff like that. That's like popular in the news, but this one isn't like. You know, something really celebrity-like. Yeah, it's, I just know that I've obscure. seen it yeah. on our Instagram yeah. feed. I've seen it. Everyone's yeah. been posting about right. it because it was a big news. We like to do the thing. stuff that's that nobody really hears about. You know, some right. of our stuff's been in the news, but it's like because of the second, gene- third page gene- genealogy. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I I typically Google news in the genetic genealogy but then again, thing. We, you know, we we did. Do you Community. remember the um? The hazing cases were, you know, that's that was. They were in the news. That's why we yeah. missed it. You remember, you sent me a news article, yeah. and it took me and to a were, different one. They were off the beaten path too for us, but that's yeah. cool. That's what we wanted to do. So hopefully, we're we're. I mean, our listeners listeners are still tuning in. So yeah. okay. And I did the poll, and you guys said that you were enjoying the genetic genealogy conversations. So okay. next week, if you yeah. enjoy genetic genealogy, next week is going to be a really cool one for you. <laughs> yeah, so, we're gonna peel gonna back give, the onion on. I'm not gonna give too much information yeah. away about that. Okay. okay, so I went off on a little deep dive on this one. Sorry, I know I'm loud. I'm loud, guys. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> uh, I went off on a little deep dive on the Jane and John Doe. We've talked about this in previous episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I was curious because this case takes place when this happens in 1961. Okay. We are talking about an unidentified body. In 1961, they referred to this unidentified person as an unknown boy. So that got me thinking, when did the John Doe start? Because that's unknown boy. Why didn't they call him John Doe? Right. And this is a just interesting little fact. The whole John Doe, Jane Doe being used um, for unidentified people is traced back to England and a specific legal process that used to be in place that hasn't been a thing for more than 160 years, Mm -hmm. okay? This legal process was very difficult to understand the way that everything was worded, but basically my understanding of it is that landowners, when they wanted to, like, evict someone or something, they would basically bypass all of the old common, the old English common laws, and they would pretend to evict someone Mm -hmm. with, like, a fake name, and then they would also use a fake name. It was like the made up person, which was the plaintiff, was usually called John Doe. And then the defendant was called Richard Rowe. Does that sound familiar? Rowe. That's going to come into play in a second. So for females, it was the same thing. 
And the article actually cites Roe v. Wade in 1973 where this method was used. This was the first article that I read. And I was like, really? (laughs) I don't remember being taught that. So I was a little confused. I was like, I don't know how accurate that is. Then as I continued on to read, more sources did confirm that Roe v. Wade are made up names. That that was the very first time in the United States that that method was used. So Mm -hmm. then that became, that was kind of like the... What's the word? Not the precedence, but yeah, that pre- was that's, precedence. Uh, yeah. That started the precedence mm-hmm. in the United States mm-hmm. for the John and Jane Doe. So Roe v. Wade, they were using that old British tradition. Mm, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's why when I was reading about it, I was like, I don't think, I don't know how accurate that is. But as I kept on reading, more sources were confirming it that it, it kept citing oh, Roe v. Cool. Wade. Yeah, 1973, Roe v. Wade. The very famous case that we all know about. It's been in the news right. lately. Like well, it's always going to be it's always going to be in the news. Yes. But that is very interesting that I don't think a lot of people know that, which. So, again, which would make sense. That was 1973. And what we're talking about was in 1961. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. I don't know. You don't seem. No, that's I, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Now, this story is crazy. OK. But also kind of like heartwarming towards the mm-hmm. end. So I cried a little bit. We are in Centerville, Alabama, Bibb County specifically. Mm-hmm. It's March 27th, 1961, and a man named James White picks up a hitchhiker in Alabama along Highway 25 near the Bibb and Shelby County line. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they did not make it very far as he crashes his car through the rail of a bridge and falls right into the Cahaba River in Bibb County. Mm-hmm. Alabama. Now, the driver survived the crash. The hitchhiker, however, drowned, unfortunately. The driver wasn't able to tell the police much about the boy. He did tell them that he was talking about the military. He was talking about being a runaway. He was very vague about things. And it had seemed like he had been picked up by a few other people, which they are eventually going to be able to contact those people. Oh, so he had he he had been hitchhiking. Yeah. And it seemed like he was going to California. It seemed like that was where he was. And so the police, there's no ID. They have no ID on this guy. Nope. So the only thing that the boy had was Paul Mall cigarettes from South Carolina. One Mm -hmm. source said, I'm like, how do they know that? Did cigarettes used to like say where? They were farmers. The lot number sometimes can track uh, you back yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. to the manufacturer and what what store purchased them. Mm-hmm. That, that right, I think I think so. You that were, makes sense. Yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. Uh, a Timex watch and a miraculous medal of the Immaculate Conception tied around his neck, which with cotton twine. Which when I read that, I was like, "What is that?" And then it said another article said religious medal, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, it's it's um the Immaculate Conception. It's a religious medal. Yeah, Something you know, with like Mary. Yeah, so Catholic. a lot of people wear like the Saint Christopher mm-hmm. is the protector or whatever. Like the, there's little chains and they have the the. It's the like saint. a Catholic thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. yes, it's a Catholic thing actually. I think. Okay. I don't want to offend. I'm just, but that's what. I yeah, think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean. All right. So he had that. He had a watch, and. Palm oil cigarettes. Yes. The clothes he was carrying with him, I think it wasn't specific on if he had like a backpack. It mm-hmm. sounded like just a backpack. Oh, I don't. Did they have them? In, 
in the 60s? Some kind of yeah, bag, bag then. Yeah. It, that's, it, it didn't sound like he had a suitcase, though. It yeah. was just some kind of bag. All right, it's just some over-the-shoulder bag or something. Yeah, the clothes that he was carrying in the bag suggested that he came from a colder state. So this is what the invest- the police are looking <laughs> Actually, at. that was weird what I said. I'm, I'm thinking of backpacks today. Every kid has one, right? Right, 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 yeah. They had backpacks. I know what you meant. I know what you meant. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah. So the police are looking at the clothes that he's carrying, right? They're mm-hmm. trying to get clues about who he is. Yeah. And... Uh, it suggested to them that maybe he came from a colder state up north somewhere. He apparently also had a homemade tattoo on his forearm that said RY plus love. There's actually a picture of it and it, it didn't even, it, I thought someone wrote over the picture. I was so confused. It's a very interesting picture. So they're having enough, they're getting enough information to at least piece together something here. Okay. They got evidence collected. James White also says, remember I mentioned, he said that the boy mentioned running away. He said specifically because his parents were divorcing and he would have nowhere to go. Put uh-huh. a pin in that. We're going to talk about that later. But uh, yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought that was interesting. He's obviously a younger kid. Other than all of this, though, no one knew anything about him. And then the two other drivers do end up coming forward okay. and they say the same information. Was this driver have. older than him? I think so. Yeah. Where was it again in say. Alabama? We're in Bibb County, Alabama. Specifically, they crashed into the Cahaba River. And they, he, they picked him up, though. James White picked him up on, like, near the Bibb and Shelby County line. Okay. Uh, but they believe he might be from the north? Based off of the clothes he had. All right. They think that he was from up north somewhere. That's just just the conclusion, you All know. Right. As an investigator, aren't you going to look at the clothes they're carrying too? Maybe no, you're see. gonna you're gonna put together a picture. Right. How long was it? Was he with this guy in the car? It didn't see. It didn't, it didn't say. say, but it didn't seem like very long. It the conversation was very short from the information that he was able to gather because it seemed like the kid was nice, like he was talking to him. So I'm sure if he had been with him longer, he probably could have gotten more information oh, yeah, out yeah. of him. But he. It didn't seem like it was. Well, if he was far. with them longer, they probably wouldn't have drove the, the car into the. What what was exactly. the, did anything talk about how the car ended up? No, in the and I wanted we don't talk about that again. And I'm yeah. like, how did he end up in? Yeah. What was he drunk? Was he falling asleep? Why did he did he spin out? I want to know, but it didn't in, say. In 1961 is more likely that he was high. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, okay, that's all right. True. So so was it the police that? Was investigating or was it the coroner's investigative team? It seems like the police from everything okay. that I've read. Yeah, it's the Bibb Bib County Sheriff's This department. is a good B- point County to kind of talk about some technicalities. You know, the coroner's or the medical examiner's, it depends on what state you're in. I think we might have touched on that a little bit one episode. They have investigators. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. have the same authorities. but uh-huh. Because every unattended death, in the state gets investigated, mm-hmm. right? Now, oftentimes it's ruled right away. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, maybe it's, it, you know, oh, this is accident or suicide or something like that. But every unattended death. So in other words, if you're if you're in the hospital dying of cancer and you get hospice, it's, that's not going to get investigated. But unattended, unexpected type deaths gets investigated. And the coroners, medical examiners, they have, investigative teams some places don't and it's the police this might be a small county where that's the case but if you go out to like california out to la they have a um i forget what county was i read a book it's over there on the shelf i read a book about it but they have investigators that actually go out and do that so the police can get back on the road and do their do what they do that's smart it's not taking the police 
Away they, from yeah, they get guns and badges, authority, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So we did talk. There was one case recently mm-hmm. that we talked about where it was. Remember, I said, yeah. why is it say the coroner? Like he, why? Yeah, I think I explained that to you, right? There's the coroner is the old system, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, it's, it's called the book I read was eighteen di- tiny deaths. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, this lady in the twenties and thirties who unprecedented. She was in a a career service that, I mean. At the time, it was dominated by men, and she helped set up the first like medical examiner sort of academy. Harvard had bought off onto it, and they started teaching like not just pathology, but they call it criminal science. Was it criminal science? I can't remember. And they would, and then they'd have a couple of seminars a year where they invite police, selected police officers. And they would come up and they would teach them about the science of, of crime scenes and things like that. So this is where, and and they always advocated for medical examiners versus coroners. Because coroners could be elected officials in some Yeah, I was going to say, aren't coroners, and, don't yeah, they normally have yeah. power to arrest over like law yeah, enforcement? Cor- they have specific things? Yes, that's a whole nother podcast. But yes, so oh. there there is some authorities and stuff like that. Because they go in and they take control of the death scene. Right, they're supposed to be called immediately, right? And then there's autopsies that are done, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's a very minimum. A lot of the coroners might be pathologists. That's cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I always get them confused. I always think they're the same thing for some reason, so that makes sense. Medical Uh, examiners and coroners. Well, the average layman does think, because that's what, for all intents and purposes, that's what you want to, that's, they're performing the same job. Right. The difference is, level of training and expertise and certification like a doctor versus right maybe. and power of authority medical examiners don't have that authority over the police right that the coroners do like the arrest powers no and stuff. they have i think or it's is more, different by state no i think it's more about the crime scene or the death scene they have mm-hmm. control over but typically my experience is they don't get there until the police are done. They didn't they never got there till we were done. We go the coroner came later. The medical examiner came later. See, I thought they were supposed to be called first, no, like immediately. No, 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 no. So that's so, a fake T V thing. Right. And their investigators would come would 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 follow up on leads for the medical examiner, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, and start yeah. tracking things down. So and it's all it's all synchronized, right? Right. It's, it's I remember you said that. We worked with the medical examiners all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, oh you don't know what this is? Well, here, I I, I have three witness interviews said this person was uh, a drug addict. Oh, well, that's why they have this drug in their system. I don't know. I'm just making something yeah, up. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so at this point, they're trying to figure out who he is, trying to reach out to family. No one comes forward to identify him. So it's that's just where it's at right now. They are unable to identify him. Mm-hmm. They're reaching out through every means possible, and no one is coming forward. So the town, this is where it's going to start to get a little emotional. How old do they think he was? Just young. young? It, they just keep saying young boy. They say well, unknown boy. that could be boy. teen. That could, yeah. that could also be like tw- early 20s. Yeah. He is, I'm not going to spoil it, but he is young. He's a okay. young, young kid. So the town holds a viewing for him at their local funeral. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to bury him at Centerville Memorial Cemetery in a coffin with white marble headstone that says unknown in life, but recognized in death. I cried when I was reading this whole story. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
like how sweet is that that this town came together for this kid that they have they have no idea who he is not only that but very important and wealthy people in the town like political figures wealthy wealthy people they were all the pallbearers for him yeah I they don't were think all there that's interesting because i think if you're an unknown i think you sit in the morgue for a certain amount of time and then you get cremated they I don't, came, I don't think, you know they came forward it said the local like schools mm-hmm. they did fundraisers to pay for this funeral for this kid and for wow. his marble headstone wow. the, the whole town came together for him i didn't say how long they left him in the mm-hmm. morgue you know what i mean it didn't mm-hmm. say that but they paid respects to this kid and they yeah. they gave him a whole like funeral everything it was really nice so i i don't know i don't it's a small town in alabama so maybe they do things a little differently i don't know yeah it's, and the time too maybe yeah, they just you know mm-hmm. they probably don't have you know again if are we talking la county where the the morgues just got them stacked on top of each other right. and this small little Bibb County, this was the only one. And they're like, hey, I, who's this guy? And everybody's, yeah. you know. And the coroner or the medical examiner knew one person in the in the community. And he talked to him about it. And then they talked to someone else and they rallied around him. Right. Because sure. if you think about it, too, what I didn't even think about is the car went over. So there was effort made to get him out of the water. And the driver, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. So there was effort made to get both of these people out and try mm-hmm. and save their lives. So maybe, you know... Whoever was making that effort felt mm-hmm. felt bad, felt that they didn't do enough, and they mm-hmm. really rallied behind him. I didn't, I didn't think about that, but th- there had to have been someone in the water mm-hmm. trying to get both of them out. For 60 years, this kid is just buried in this town, and he's just unknown, right? Wow. Yeah, 60 years. So 2016, and this is, again, another really emotional part of the story. This town, this county did not give up over the years, over mm-hmm. the last 60 years. They have not given up on trying to find who this person is, especially with the advances in, D- in DNA, right? Right. So in 2016, the Center for Missing and Exploited Children helped law enforcement in Bibb County exhume his body to see if What year is this? 2016. 16. So not quite to gen- genealogy yet. Right. But like a lot of the other genetic genealogy cases, it seems like 14 to 16 is where law enforcement tries to get back in with DNA. Like, they try and exhume bodies and get yeah, cause retest. It's in those few years. So, it was an accidental death, right? It mm-hmm. probably, we didn't talk about that. So, they probably didn't keep any any evidence or anything. Right. Right? right. I, I, I'd have to go back and research. It if didn't coroners, say if, medical yeah. examiners on, on, on accidentals, if they keep, because there's like no crime. Like his clothes and his watch yeah, and so stuff. so there's yeah. no crime. So, they probably didn't keep that. Yeah. Or, or at some point, it got destroyed. So now they have to get DNA. They have to mm-hmm. exhume the body and collect DNA that way. So bone fragments and his teeth are sent to the University of North Texas's lab for testing. Uh-huh. It's always interesting which universities yeah, get sent yeah. this. It's really cool. So I'm assuming well, they have it's like, grants and things like that. Yeah, and they yeah. probably have a team of, of students that are learning things. That's There's what all I was going to say. Stu- yeah. So this, so even though this isn't a murder, this is still not, this is probably a good learning tool for those students yeah, to test DNA and, and stuff because this is really labs. like... There's real labs, there's yeah. real medical centers on these universities, yeah. So I, th- I think that's cool. I never thought of that. Yeah. So a mitochondrial DNA profile is mm-hmm. built for this unknown boy and it's uploaded to CODIS. But no match, as per usual. <laughs> that is always the case. Because so, as, as a reminder, CODIS is the database that houses 
profiles of known bad guys. So everybody that's in jail, that kind of thing. Right. But this is 1960. When was CODIS the thing? No, so 16, they- 2016. Right, but I'm saying, when did CODIS become a thing? Because he died in 1961, so if he was I'll a known criminal... I'll talk about that next week. Or is it... Tech- oh, he, okay, yeah. okay, we're jumping ahead. But... Because but they're testing his DNA in CODIS. Oh, or no, 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 mitochondrial... Never mind, mitochondrial DNA. I, that's the family. That's... Never mind. Yeah. I'm silly. So, did they put in CODIS? Or yeah, they, they put the mitochondrial DNA profile in CODIS. So they were looking for his family members. Okay. Okay, that makes I. But I you got to run it in CODIS. Right. It, it, here's the thing that we're going to talk about next week too. They have to police have to exhaust all avenues, right? Right. Maybe the guy committed a crime before. Right. You know. But that's what I'm saying. But know. but yeah, that's that's confusing. what I'm saying. 1961. Yeah. How would his DNA be in it? But it's the mitoc. I was I missed okay. that that I said okay. that. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, and explain why that makes sense then. Because the mitochondrial DNA profile is the family profile. Right. So it's going to be looking for his family in CODIS. So any of his family gotcha, members. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. I'm back on, just, I read it out loud and then yeah. I forgot what yeah, I Yeah, back on track. Back on track. All right. Okay. So now we're going to. Sorry, listeners, if we confused you. <laughs> I It was my fault. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to skip ahead four years to October of 2020. This is where the story gets like super interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, Dr. Colleen Fitzpatrick, who is the founder and president of Identifinders International, mm-hmm. okay? This is a similar thing to Jedmatch. They work with Jedmatch, too, but it's very similar to Jedmatch. Their website describes them as a collaborative investigative partners for law enforcement. So, it's their website markets themselves to law enforcement also, just like Jedmatch. It's kind of mm-hmm. very similar. It's just their website's a little bit more website-y. Remember I said the Jedmatch one kind of looks yeah. like it's from, like... 1990 something they contact the new coroner so it is it is now talking about the coroner contacts the new coroner in bibb county and this company works specifically with genetic genealogy they were thinking that this method that has now been solving cases for the last little over two years at this point could potentially identify this kid they're like we've you know this is clearly working clearly we're doing something right in this advanced Mm -hmm. method you know, this town is really invested. <laughs> and this whole process, right? So someone has to pay for this, okay? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I think we've touched on that. Oh, during the, the Army CID case up in Colorado. Who paid for it, right. Because... Y- yeah. Remember it, I asked, yeah. It always... Because this is the private vendor... Right. ...that does this. Right. And it's a long process, too. I don't know if we've made that clear. So, it takes a while. Right, right. So, so the lab testing is, is one fee... Right. One cost. And then, but then. The geneticist. The, right. The, the, the gene, genetic genealogy investigator, mm-hmm. if you will. That's hours the and geneticist. labor. and Yeah. Geneticist. Yeah. yeah it's, that's, usually, it's a geneticist uh, that does that's it. That's hours and labor mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. A cost. Well, if you remember C.C. Moore, when we were talking about, was it Angie Dodge? She yeah, she did uh, that. How that was that took her like a year. Yeah. It took her a couple of tries. Yeah. So that was a long process. Yeah. To get that match. So. Again, someone has to pay for this. Gray Hughes Investigates, which is a YouTube channel. This is Gray Hughes' channel. His audience is called Freaks, right? Him and his audience is who is credited for funding this whole investigation. So they pulled together... 2016? 2020. This is October last year. Oh, so at some point they pulled together and said, hey, we're going to... 
Yeah, he has sixty-two thousand subscribers on YouTube. Oh, so so he probably said, "If you do this, and I'll donate." I think he was highlighting yeah, yeah. this case. Yeah. Probably, and that the, he got in contact with the identifinders, and he probably put together a GoFundMe or whatever, and all of his followers donated money. He donated money, money. So he, they essentially pay for this investigation, which cool. takes a year. Mm-hmm. Takes about it took about a year. They were able to trace the DNA from this unknown boy to the Armentrout fam- family. He had a first cousin who was living in Germany. And then to a 77-year-old Don Hamilton, who was his brother, living in Seminole, Florida. This is just what they've found out literally just this year, okay? And they finally announced it on October 30th, 2020. So literally on Saturday, like a week ago. 2021? 2021, yeah, sorry, 2021. So they find his brother. Yep, they get in contact with his brother. What? No, I. It's, are you going to talk about the interesting piece to that? Yeah, this is crazy. Okay, this story just it just was getting crazier and crazier. So the unknown bo- unknown boy is identified as Daniel Paul Armentrout, fifteen years old at the time of his death in 1961. He went by Danny, and he was actually quite quite fragile as he had polio. Um, one source I read said that he had recovered. One, a few other sources made it seem like he still had it. So I'm unclear on if he was recovered or if he had it. But that's interesting. I would have thought that they would have known that through an autopsy, maybe. But did they do an autopsy if he wasn't? Uh, I don't. I, I, if he no, drowned, was, right? If it was obvious was that no it was crime? accidental death through the drowning, mm-hmm. yeah, they probably they may not have. You're right. That's a good point. Because I did. I didn't read anything about an autopsy. Sometimes victims, not victims. Sometimes patients polio have like. Braces, leg braces and stuff, too. So Nothing I read yeah. said that there was, you know, none of the witnesses said he did. But so maybe he was recovered. It, again, the articles I was reading were conflicting with okay. one another. Right. So unsure. So we've got Don Hamilton. We've got Danny. And they have another brother named David. Don was the oldest of the three. And he had actually left home when he was 17 years old to join the army. He served 30 years. He retired in 1989 as a sergeant major. And he had been stationed in Germany at one point. So I was interested to know if like that cousin was because like because he meets his wife in Germany. Yeah. So I was like, I'm interested in how that happens, how he has a first cousin. Maybe he was in the military it was unclear. But I was like, that's a coincidence. Uh, and then they've been married for over 40 years. It goes on to explain he has kids, grandkids, a good full life living in Florida. Now, they grew up in a super abusive household. So hold on. The police tracked down both brothers? Just Don Hamilton. All right. Why'd you bring up the other brother then? It's going to be important in a second. Okay. Yeah. You, oh, you're yeah. just saying it also happens that he has another brother. Okay. Yes. All right. it's, and it's going to be important. Okay. Which I don't know why the police can't find. I, I have questions for the police. Well, because then they second. have the DNA, right? And they found one brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't Why don't they? Have... Why don't we know where Don is? I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. All right. But let me explain for a All second, right. and okay. then we can then we can discuss. Okay. All right. You see, you're always getting ahead of me. Okay. I've got things. I know. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. They grew up in, in a super abusive household. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Danny, the unidentified boy, his last name is Armentrout. He has a different father. I'm un uncertain on if Don and David have the same father 
the the man that was abusive is referred to as the stepfather. However, his last name is Hamilton. Don has his last name. So I'm not sure. It's not very clear. Well, he could have been adopted then because it, that would change his DNA if he had a different father then. Right. Oh, you're right because Don yeah. comes up. So maybe maybe Don or David is the one that has different, that is a different, maybe that's yeah. that's the, the stepfather's son then. Maybe that's yeah. why we don't know where David is. Yeah. That's true. I don't, so I guess he was adopted then because Don has that Hamilton, Hamilton as a last name because mm-hmm. the names will come into play in Pro- a second. Probably, yeah. So that was a little confusing, but that makes sense. I didn't think about that. So they grow up in a super abusive household. The stepfather's really physically abusive. He would whip their backs with a belt. He would burn their fingers with matches, would Jeez. not feed them for weeks on end. Their mother was very verbally abusive, saying that she regretted having them. Don joins the military at 17 to get away. He's like, I recognize so that it here. was life or death, basically. And mm-hmm. he gets out of it. What year um, did he join the, the army? It didn't say, but okay. he was 17 years old. He was a little bit older. So David also runs away. Okay, so Don comes home for Christmas on leave one year from the army, and David has literally just ran away. Okay, uh-huh. and Danny is now left at home with these very abusive mm-hmm. parents, and he is starting to talk to Don about leaving and running away also. And Don was like, "Yeah, he, you know, he noticed what I noticed. We had we had to get out. All three of us just had to get out at one one point, one way or another." So Don leaves and never hears from Danny ever again. What part of Florida did they live in? They're actually living in Tennessee. I'm sorry. They're living in Tennessee at this point. Don currently lives in Florida, in Seminole, Florida. Oh, okay. But they, at the time, all of these... So Danny ran away from Tennessee. Okay, sorry. Where, where was Ten- where, where in Tennessee? Do you know? That was No, that was unclear. All right, let me Just look at the map for a second here. Of how far he that, got from Tennessee to no, Alabama. No, that makes sense. No, so he went south. So Tennessee is north of Alabama. So maybe he hitchhiked south and then started to go. I, I don't know about the Cal. I keep thinking of the California thing. I don't know about the California thing. Yeah, I mean, he talked about joining the Marine Corps possibly, but if he had polio, he was he probably was just going fragile, south. I he don't just, know. He just started. They, he, there, it was speculation yeah, that he was going. To he California. just started going south, and he, maybe he was in conversation. Oh, maybe I'd like to go to California one day or something like that. Okay. Yeah, they right. they got to that because he was talking about the Marines. So, yeah. Okay. okay. So I don't know if you heard what I just said. No, go ahead. What, what Don has not heard from or seen Danny and David for 60 years. He's just assuming they ran away and is living a and, full and life. Living a full life and doesn't. Which yeah. one is he? Which one is he again? David. David the, is the, the oldest one. He yeah. joined the military. He was in the army for 30 years. Yeah, and He hasn't seen him. He hasn't seen or heard from David or Don. Now, remember, David ran away right before that Christmas break. Right. David left already. Mm-hmm. Not David. Yeah, David, David, sorry. They're, the three of them have very similar names. Yeah. <laughs> so David, Danny, and Donald. For 60 years, I'm going to need someone in that police department to run that DNA, to run the Hamilton DNA. Where is, da- where is David? Where is He's David? He's probably his stepson. That's what I'm saying. But where is he? Is he is he alive still? We have not heard. Don has not heard from or seen David in 60 years, just like Danny. He's just been living off the assumption that they made it out alive and they're good. The whole time Danny's been dead. Where's David? I don't understand what your consternation is. What do you mean? How is it that he's gone 60 years, has not heard from his brothers? Okay, hold on. Who's the, who's the dead guy? Dan? Danny. Daniel. Yeah, he goes by Danny. 
Okay. Who's the army? David. Uh, Don. Sorry. Don. Jeez. Don. David is the other brother. And then David ran away? He ran away right before Danny. Right before right before that Christmas break. And so then, he's just been missing for 60 years. Hold on. And Don Don was home in that Christmas break? Don came home for Christmas. That was right after David had already left. Okay. And he, he sees that David's gone. Yes. Right? David ran away. He got out. Dan told him that David ran away? Yeah, they, they told him. He knew. All right. He, th- so he says, hey, brother, Dan, love you, miss you. I'm going back to the army. He right? was home. He was home on leave. Yeah. And Danny is talking to him about him needing to run away. Also, okay. does he run away after that trip? Yes. After that trip, Danny runs away. Okay. So. So like, where's David? That's my hey, David's been missing for 60 years. Okay. Who's the one that they found the DNA on? The the deceased is Danny. No. Who's the one? Remember oh, they, that they connected? Yeah. Don. Ah. <laughs> You're but kidding. they never find. That's what I'm saying. David is probably adopted. Or no, no. I think David. After you mentioned it, I think David is the step, the stepfather's son, and then Don and Danny are the yeah, army. Okay, trout. all right. So yeah, they're yeah, yeah, those yeah. two adopted. Then yeah, those two are blood related, obviously, because Don's DNA matched. His. Right. So those two. But, so but David, their stepson, they're adopted by David's father. Is what it seems like. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. So, but David's missing. Can we find David? But how did they know? So the police, the police obviously talked to Don, and he said, "I haven't seen David in sixty. I haven't, 60 seen, David I haven't 60. seen David, David or Danny." And by the way, the reason that Danny never, no one ever came forward, he his parents are abusive as mm-hmm. all get up. Yeah, they no one, no one reported him missing. So everybody just assumed so that that, that they everybody ran that everybody ran away and yeah. got out. Yeah, and that okay. they're living their life. Okay, where's David? <laughs> I need someone to find David. Okay. Do we have eyes on David? That's stressing me out here. Are we getting there? Did we? Did we, have we no, found him? No, no one's done anything about it. I want someone to fund that investigation okay. right now. Okay, all right, all right. I'm sorry, we're getting. I'm going off on a tangent. Yeah, that's, it, took, it got me confused. I'm I had sorry, a, it's I, stressing I, me out. Are you guys following what I'm saying? Don tell everybody has not I had to take notes and draw a picture here for me to understand. Don has not seen his brothers in 60 years, and he just he had no idea that Danny was dead. He was just assuming that they made it out. All right. So the but the police what? have no reason to go look for him. They uh, they, they haven't talked about David they, at they all. They found Don, mm-hmm. who filled him in about Dan. Yep, and told them okay. all this information. Told them all about Dan. So it was Christmas of 1960, by the way. So David left. Uh, David ran away right at, right before this. All right. So, like, that puts Danny in a situation by himself being abused at home. David and Don are gone. Yeah. No wonder he left, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the end of that story, basically. So, we've, we've uncovered who it is, right? Mm-hmm. We found the family members. So, now, here's, like, the super emotional part of the story because okay. this is the end of it. Bibb County is going to lay Danny to rest officially, right? Okay. Don is driving out to Alabama, and they're going to have a final laying of him to rest on December 28th of this year, which would have been Danny's 76th birthday. Wow. Ugh. They are going to have a grave cover with Danny's name on it, Mm -hmm. with Don present. I'm chills right now. Yeah. Uh, 
Don, and this is where, again, I mentioned the last name. It got me kind of confused. Don goes on to say that he wants the name on the grave to be Armin Trout. So Danny doesn't have to have the Hamilton name because that was his abuser, the stepfather. Yeah. He said, Don says that it's too late for him. He's an established person. He, he's established himself as Don oh, Hamilton yeah, yeah. with his yeah. military career yep. and everything he's done since. But he doesn't want that for his little brother. Okay. That oh, my gosh. Sense. It chills. It made me yeah. cry. So, uh, uh, so that's that's what's gonna happen on December twenty eighth of this year. <laughs> of this year, yeah, it would have been Danny's seventy sixth birthday. Is this still being funded by this podcast or something? That was unclear. I, honestly, the town is probably paying or yeah, Don. Or Don. Don yeah. probably. What's Don do now? I didn't. I didn't read that. I didn't do a super deep dive. So now we have to go do a podcast episode on what the heck happened to to David, right? Uh, Yeah. Can someone (laughs) please, I want to know where David is. David, if you're out there, (laughs) let us know. I, it's stressing Mm -hmm. me out that he's essentially, he's still missing. He ran away. Yeah. No one reported him missing. Just like Danny. Don hasn't heard from him. I see your point. That, see, see my point? Yeah, okay. We're right, but, but the police, it's not a criminal thing at this point. So right. the police didn't have to, it didn't have any reason to go look the for him. The police didn't have any reason to identify this boy at all. The police don't even know about him. Well, he Don told them. Don told them about David. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, I, again, nothing, like you said, nothing criminal. They're probably not going to pursue it, but yeah. I want someone to pursue it. Yeah, <laughs> someone find David. All right. It's going to stress me out. And this one was just in the news recently? Yeah, because okay. he was. It was announced on Saturday, this just this last Saturday, October thirtieth, right. that they had finally identified him. Well, good. So now they've identified him. So, who was the geneticist and all that? Did, do you have that information? So, it, the only name that I got was Dr. Colin Fitzpatrick. She's the founder and president of Identifinders Identifying. International. Okay, and they're the ones who worked with Jed Match and who worked with. Gray Hughes. So they were the, the investigators essentially then. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. They're the ones, the vendor that the, that the, uh, who, who was the sponsor of this? Gray Hughes investigates is the YouTube name. I'm assuming it's just Gray Hughes. Okay. Him and his audience. What I'm interested. So my question now is, I mean, I guess technically it's an open case. They, you know, they exhumed like, his body in 2016. Yeah. Open. So he's, what why like it's the not an open don't, death case though. right they know they's just a jane doe they know what what was the cause of death right but so the police don't have to take this information right no it's so like no, no. gray hughes right funded. so but the police are the ones that have to like track down him and make it official right who who did it I believe the police announced or gray hughes announced it first gray hughes is the one who on his youtube he broke the news that he was identified, so I guess the police don't have to be involved, right? No, this is to all identify. private. No, this is all private. But okay, so but let's let's imagine I have a sibling who I haven't seen in sixty years. Right. Some random YouTuber comes to me and tells me this information. I mm-hmm. I want the police to tell me that. See what I mean? Why? That's interesting. Who did go tell? I'm not going to be. Go tell. It was Dawn. it was it was unclear on who told okay, him. Okay, yeah. But he uh, was talking. Are, he was talking to the media, basically. Yeah, those are irrelevant. It sounds like it's all privately done. I know, but know? that's but that's interesting because like I wouldn't. But you probably you had to get a judge involved to do the uh, exhumation. In two thousand, that was in two thousand sixteen, though. That yeah. wasn't Gray Hughes or anything. That was just in two thousand sixteen. Oh, who initiated the, that? That was the Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Okay, you and missed that. Law that enforcement. Pretty, I said that. No, but I said who that. who prompted that though? Law enforcement. Why did law enforcement prompt that? 
I think the Center for Missing and Exploited Children prompted it. And then law enforcement, maybe law enforcement, because Bibb County has been invested in this. They wanted to okay, all right. solve this all along. Okay. All right. Well, that's just. Those but there was the, no indication those that Those are the kind of details you and I are interested in. Yeah. You like, know, but in the end, it's a good story because yeah. they put a name to him. Yeah. They, at least 60 years, he's finally identified. Also, this now makes the oldest case solved even though uh, not a case but yeah. this is the oldest yeah, case yeah this With is the oldest case solved yeah we the i think the last one we did was up to date the the oldest now mm. this is the oldest yeah that's 1961 60 years and what did his gravestone say oh my gosh hold on let me it was unknown in death rec unknown in life recognized in death that's awesome. Oh my gosh, that town, Bibb County, that whole Centerville, Alabama, Bibb County—they really came together for this this kid. Mm -hmm. Insane, and just like it, it gave me chills, made me cry reading the whole thing. And then, especially awesome. when I got to the information with Don, I was like, he hasn't seen his brothers in sixty years. So this should give and now, people now they're gonna do it. Uh, the, the town is laying him to rest yeah. again. This should give people a a warm fuzzy about genetic genealogy. Right. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you. you'll post a, a link about the the company. Yeah, I'll link. Okay. I'll link All their right. their website and everything. Right. The identifinders. Pretty interesting. Like I said, the website was really cool. You got to click around and read all about it. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. It's better looking website than Jedmatch. Awesome. Oh yeah, Jedmatch. Remember we we talked about that. I said that. Yeah, it's their website like looks old, like it's from the nineties. Old <laughs> No, like I think even eighties. Um, what is it called? I what? Identifinders, Identifinders International. It's a play on words. Identifinders International. Oh, mm -hmm. cool. I'm there. I'm looking as we finish. Yeah, it's like a cool yeah. blue. It's yeah, it's really cool. It's mm -hmm. it's got a lot of information. It's really interesting. Collaborative but. investigative partners for law enforcement. It says for mm -hmm. it says that's for I law enforcement. Yeah, I literally I said yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So it but. If you remember, Jedmatch's website says something similar. They are marketing themselves for law enforcement specifically. Yeah. They want to help Genetic genealogy, mm -hmm. profiling, degraded yep. DNA, and cold case training. Mm -hmm. So, ooh, what's the cold case training? I wonder. <laughs> That's interesting. Of course you would want to read that. Oh, right here. Breaking news. Oldest national center mm -hmm. for missing and exploited children. Subject ever identified by genetic genealogy. Bibb County John Doe has a name. Yep. Even though he wasn't, it was unknown boy. But John okay, Doe, so way. everybody, you can go to identifinders.com. Identifinders.com. So you can to learn more if you if you're interested in it. I'll link it in the Instagram and Twitter and everything. And I think you can link it probably. You can link it in the show notes too. Yes, I I'll do that. Okay. So yeah, that was. I hope that was a little bit of a kind of a palate cleanser, a little bit something different yeah. than all the murder that we talk about, and you know, a little bit more information. I enjoyed the deep dive that I took on the John Doe. That was pretty interesting. Uh huh. Uh, learning about the Roe v. Wade and all that stuff because you learn about it in school, but they don't go into like those minor like details like that. So I'm really excited for next week's episode. You guys are going to love that one. So stay tuned. Keep listening every week, every Monday. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. We're also on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. Please go and give us a rate and review on Apple Podcast. That helps push our podcast out. You can give us a five-star review. Tell us what you're loving. 
all that. I think that's it. <laughs> I'm still getting better at it, and yeah. I keep feeling awesome. like I'm not doing it. And enough. I'll be in the lead next next week for this one. Yeah, next week is going to be a little different. It's going to be mostly dad talking. I did not do much research, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. I'm. It's right. going to be like our normal conversation of me asking questions. So All right. it'll be fun. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Hi, guys. I just have a quick update for you. So this episode was recorded on November 5th and on November 5th, after I've already done all my research on Daniel Armantrout in his case, uh, an article was actually posted that's going to get me excited. I know I was screaming in the episode about David, the brother, and this article cites that there is work being done to find David currently. He would be around 80 years old and the last known place of him living is in Florida, which if you remember, the brother Don is from Florida. So Everyone is working to find David. <laughs> um, and then Jedmatch. If you guys go over to Jedmatch real quick, they updated their website. It is no longer looking like it's from the 80s or 90s. And I also was giving them some crap yes, the, in this episode about the website. So I just wanted to update you real quick. Hopefully by the time this airs, there will be a, more updates about David. But yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye.